All right, so we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the November edition of Medivet Roundtable. Uh, this evening, I am joined by Dr. David Bird from Moorhead Animal Hospital in North Carolina, and we're going to focus on the great success that he has had in treating cruciate tears with stem cell therapy. How many cruciate tears were you telling me you treated and you've treated so far in 2019, Dr. Bird? Well, since we started in April of 18, we have treated 17 and four of them were bilateral. That's awesome. That's great. So we're going to kind of focus on the success that he's had in treating those cruciate cases. So just to kind of kick it off, uh, Dr. Bird, if you could just give our audience some background on yourself and, and kind of how you got partnered with Medivet in the first place. Okay, Dylan. Um, I graduated from the University of Georgia in 1974, which was 45 years ago. And I've, like most of us, have to do medicine and surgery. And I've done a lot of cruciate repairs over the year, extra capsular repair. And I've seen a lot of techniques come and go over the years. And for the last I guess what 15 or 20 years TPLOs and then TTAs have been sort of the gold standard. Um, I was re I would always tell people that I could refer you for a TPLO. Um, it'll run about most of the places I refer to is about four thousand dollars, and some people would do it, but most people would say I can't afford that. Can't you fix it? And I say, yeah, this is what I would do. And they most, all of my clients would say, I would rather you fix it because I trust you. And I've learned over the years that trust is probably the most valuable asset I have uh, with a client. And in January of 17, I'd already started developing some arthritis in my left knee and I was rushing to an airport and I felt something pop and I actually tore my posterior meniscus in my knee and I went to an orthopedic surgeon and they did an MRI and he said, yeah, you need a knee replacement. And I speak for another pharmaceutical company, company and I had about 15 trips already planned and I said, well, I can't do that with my schedule. And I came back home and I talked to a general practitioner in this area and he said, before you do anything, go see this doctor and talk to him about stem cells. So that's sort of what got me started on this. And I figured, well, if this didn't work, I can always do surgery. So I had stem cell done on my left knee and my right knee already had a lot of crepitation. So I said, well, if you're doing one, you might as well do both. And Fast forwarding a few months, I went from taking about 800 milligrams of ibuprofen three times a day to where I wasn't taking but maybe 1,000 milligrams of Tylenol here and there. And so I started pursuing stem cell therapy in dogs and I found out about Medivet. And when I first talked to him, I immediately trusted, um, I guess Mr. Masterson is who I've talked to first. And we decided to go with Medivet. And it's been probably the most amazing thing I've done in 45 years. To date, I think we've treated, since April of 18, we've treated 41 cases. 17 of them are, have been cruciates. And I think three, uh, three or four of them were bilateral at the time. And of course, a lot of dogs to have cruciate disease also have hip dysplasia. The very first dog we ever treated was a dog that I got as a second opinion that had had a ACL repair. It also had bilateral medial patellar luxations and severe bilateral hip dysplasia. And I got her when she was about three years old. I reoperated on the knee. Um, both the ACL and the patellar luxation, got her to where she was pretty mobile for about a year and a half. And eventually the owners at four and a half year of age thought they were gonna have to put her to sleep. And that's the first dog that we ever treated with stem cells. I treated both knees 
and both hips. And I believe y'all have Maggie's videos on your website, but she now goes, I, I did booster her in early September of 2018, right before Hurricane Florence hit. And by January and continuing on to this day, she is on no medication. She has no lameness whatsoever. And it was absolutely stunning how well she did. The next dog I did about three weeks later, I had operated on, it was a Labrador, it was 11 years old, and I'd operated on ACL on the left knee October the year before, and it had done real well. And when I told the owners about the option of stem cell therapy, they were very open to that because I found, as most of you have, that a lot of owners don't really want to subject their dog to major surgeries. And I go over the post-operative um, with the traditional surgeries, and you've got to keep them strictly confined for, you know, six to eight weeks, short leash, four to six foot leash, small walks here and there, and gradually increasing the exercise. So pretty much the same thing with the post-stem cell treatment. And within four weeks, Coleman was doing better than he was on the operated knee. And he also had a meniscal click or tear in that knee. So each case that we did, it increased my belief in the effectiveness of stem cell PRP treatment for ACLs. The next one I did that really impacted me was a dog that actually had a TPLO about three or four years previous, and she is a registered nurse. And in September, I want to say September 15th issue of the JAVMA, Journal of American Veterinary Medical Association, there was an article or study done at Colorado State, and the results were that Dogs that had had four, a TPLO had a 40-fold increase in proximal tibial osteosarcoma. And that is a very significant figure in my world. So I talked to Ms. Lewis about it, and the dog was, even though it had done pretty well for four years with the TPLO, if she knew it had arthritis, did not want to stay on the NSAID, and I treated that knee as well as the other one, and I'll get to that in just a second uh, as far as my protocol. And she said about three weeks later, she told me, you know, she's doing better now than she ever did after the TPLO surgery. And that kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit. And then about six weeks later, she came in all upset because now the dog was holding up the other leg. And there was a drawer sign, and I had treated that knee knowing that in my practice experience, well over half the dogs that rupture one ACL do the other one. And I told her just to hang loose, let me see her in a couple of weeks. And two weeks later, not giving her any medicine or anything else, she was about 90% sound on that leg. And I saw her, I won't say about a month ago, which would put us at about uh, maybe six months post-treatment. There's no lameness at all, and the drawer sign is almost completely gone. So when I see a dog with ACL, I treat both knees while I'm there. And I think, I know with ACL disease, as most of you do, it is a disease process, and almost all of them have osteoarthritis in both knees. Uh, I also always x-ray their hips, and I find a lot of dogs that have ACL disease also have one or two hips involved. Um, from an economic standpoint, it's a lot more economically feasible for most owners than surgery is. And my understanding and my experience, I don't care what surgery we do, they all end up with osteoarthritis. And going a little further and studying stem cells and especially in human medicine because of my own involvement, 
in humans, ligaments and tendons will regrow up to a centimeter with stem cell therapy. And last December, I fell on a boat fishing for tuna. Um, and by an MRI, they said I had a three centimeter separation in my tendon of my infraspinatus and supraspinatus and was unable to lift my right arm at all. My wife said, oh no, that's your money arm, meaning that's my <laughs> surgery arm. And I had stem cell therapy on that. My doctor said, I just don't think it's gonna work. And I said, well, I trust you, we're gonna do it anyway. And I'd heard horror stories about physical therapy post-op on most shoulder surgeries in people. And he, that was in January, and I had it boosted in the 1st of August of this year. And I'm probably about 90% normal in my shoulder now. So I, I think that there's a lot out there that we don't know about what stem cells will do for muscle and ligament injuries. Um, another thing I've started to do is palpate because on my own knees, and some of the doctors out there have had experience with knee problems as well. You put pressure on the medial collateral ligament, and it's very tender. And I told my doctor about it, and he said when he boosted me the first time, and he said, "Let's inject the medial collateral." And I've had several dogs that if I put pressure on the medial side of the knee, where the medial collateral ligament is, is very tender to them. So I kind of inject a little bit in that area as well, and had great success doing that. But uh, Dylan, I, the biggest thing is that. I found is that I tell people uh, when presenting this, there's several ways we can fix this, but I'm going to tell you what I would do if it was mine. I'm going to tell you what I think the best treatment is. And I'm going to tell you um, and it's not guaranteed to work. If it doesn't work, we always do surgery, but this is where I would start. And most of our relationships is built on trust anyway. And most people, especially people who've been coming to us for a few years, I say that's what I want to do. So it's it's been the most exciting thing I've done in my whole practice career, I believe. And I know you're I know you're really good at talking about it to your pet owners, Dr. Bird. And kind of based on where your clinic is located there on the coast of North Carolina, I know you're in a generally smaller demographic. Uh, so how have you made stem cell therapy such a success in your clinic? And what's that conversation like between you and a pet owner when they bring in a patient that is potentially a candidate for stem cell therapy or has a cruciate tear and you want to pursue the, uh, pursue the stem cell therapy route on that? Well, demographically, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, we don't live in a, well, it's a small area. It's, it's a, the it's county a smaller town, 65, right? It's, it, the county has a, a lot of little tiny towns, no big metropolitan area, but the um, 65, 66,000 people, average household income less than $50,000. And I think we have currently now for 65,000 people, 37 small animal veterinarians. Um, I learned long ago from a business standpoint, under the age of 35, you don't know anything. I don't care what business you're in, over the age of 55, you're old and stupid, don't know anything. And between 35 and 55, nobody questions you. Um, but people come to you because they trust you or they trust whoever they're coming to, come to us. And so I always tell people, I don't, I usually don't give people a lot of options because I learn people don't like to make decisions. If you, if you tell somebody I can do this or that, you're basically saying they're the same and all treatments are not the same. So I always tell them there's different ways. This, I, this is my conversation. There's different ways we can fix this, but I'm going to tell you what I would do if it was mine. And I tell them a little bit about my own personal situation because a lot of clients have had knee replacements or their parents have had re knee replacements or they know people that have had it. And then I also, what I would strongly recommend is um, take videos of pets before you operate on them or do the stem cell on them and then take them at a week. This is what we do. We take them at a week and we take them at two weeks and we take them at four weeks. And if you'll get them in the same place and you do it with a smartphone and just walk behind the dog, don't just kind of stay the same distance behind and then 
the owners can see those videos. I can show them several different cases, and that helps to them to make a decision to do this. The other thing is, it's more economical. I think we run about uh, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars um, with everything we do. Do what? Yeah, and then if I tell them the options of surgery, they, like I said before, most people don't want to operate on their pet. And when I tell them that a TPLO is probably going to run about thirty five hundred, four thousand, somewhere in there, um, most people they come to us just don't have that much money. Uh, expendable income. So that's kind of pretty much what I do with the value of videos before and after on some patients that are very dramatic is I, I can't say enough about doing that. It really helps people um, make up their mind a little easier. Well, most people are most people are visual visual learners nowadays. So to be able yeah. to see that evidence uh, in practice right in front of their face, it's kind of hard to dispute. <laughs> So kind of going back to going back to the cruciate case uh, topic, um, are you recommending stem cell therapy for each cruciate tear that comes into your clinic now? Is that your is that has that become your starting point? Absolutely, absolutely. And there again, I, I use myself. And if any if any of the doctors on here listening, if any of you have arthritis, you need to go to get stem cell and PRP on your own joints. <laughs> it'll make your um, presentation a lot more effective. But the biggest thing is we've had so much success. When I first started, you know, one or two, I said, well, this, this works pretty good. And then I do another one and lo and behold, it did real well and then I do another one. And now my belief level is so high. And I can honestly say that well, I've got one dog that is at six weeks a little more gimpy than I would like to see her but I know stem cells don't peak out until about four to five months so I'm not really excited about it a whole lot I mean she's a lot better than she was but she's not perfect and I, I digressed just a minute I mentioned economically and like I said I've, I've learned this over the years I think the value of most pets in a clinic in their lifetime I've, research this and ask a lot of certified practice managers and a lot of people in the pharmaceutical industry, a pet's worth somewhere around ten to $20,000 in his lifetime. And we've had a lot of people come to us because of stem cells, either hearing about it from other clients or people were told uh, they would have to have surgery and they talked to a friend that said, you know, come to us or whatever. And because of the success, and I'm not trying to steal clients because I've had that happen too many times, um, they'll say, can I start bringing my other two dogs here as well? And we've had people come from as far as, I guess the furthest one away is not with Wilmington, 90 miles away, and he comes to us for everything now. Um, you know, and and I, I try to send them back to the regular practice. He said, no, I want to come here. And... So economically, it's a win-win-win thing, and people tell other people about it. And I think with the millennial generation, um, they would like to avoid surgery at all possible. So it's it's just been amazing what it's done to our practice. Yeah, and I know you've done a really great job down there, Dr. Bird. Um, could we? Could you, for me, just think back for a second on the first cruciate case that you treated with stem cell therapy, what, uh, what kind of gave you an idea to bring that up to the pet owner and say, Hey, let's just go ahead and try this. And, and how did that go? Yeah, Dylan, it goes back to that first dog, Maggie, that y'all have the video of. And there again, I, I had the advantage or disadvantage, however you want to phrase it, of my own need and what happened. So I can tell people sort of what to look for. I can tell them when you first get up, it's, it's going to be stiff for the first two or three steps, and then they'll take off. And some of the doctors whom on here have a lot more experience than I do can maybe um, verify what I say when the owner will say, when they first get up, they, you know, they're a little stiff the first couple of steps, and then, then they act like nothing's wrong. Um, 
I just in practice, a lot of us have been going a long time, and really our backs against the wall. And of course, when I started, the closest referral place was the University of Georgia, 500 miles away. There weren't referral clinics or anything else. So some of us just had to go out there and start doing something and finding what would work and what didn't work. So uh, I would, if anybody is kind of on the fence about, I wonder if just stem cell will work, just go ahead and do it. The other thing is the injection site. When I first started doing it, I was trying to go either medial or lateral into the joint. And I finally figured out from studying a knee model, the best way to go in is I go right in through the patellar tendon and flex the knee just a little bit and it slides right in. Um, we use what, 23 gauge, one and a half inch needle. <clears throat> and it, it slides right in. My wife is also our lead technician and prepares everything perfectly. And I mean, it's just, it's so much easier than doing surgery. That's all I'll say about it. It's about 15 minutes skin to skin to get the falciform fat, wake them up, and then I give them a little dexoma tour at about 2.30 and prep the joints that are involved. And usually they're, I've got them reversed and they're ready to go home by 3 o'clock. I keep them until about 4. But uh, the owners are happy because they don't have to stay overnight. They don't have big bulky bandages on them. Um, I use Tylenol as a post-operative pain management. Most of our dogs are big, so I tell them. And very few people give very much of it. Uh, if you need to, you can 500 milligrams extra strength Tylenol, brand name. I don't like generics. And what's your, what, what's your typical recovery protocol that you're giving to the pet owners following uh, those? Yeah, just four to, four to six foot leash, ice pack. Um, for 10, 10 minutes or so, several times a day if they need it. And to be honest with you, I've had very few that have, they are painful the first 24 hours. When I had both of my knees injected, I thought I'd been run over by a truck. It was all I could do to go up downstairs or <clears throat> anything else. And by the next day, I could walk a little bit. But it's going to be sore the first 24 hours, and I tell people that. I mean, anytime you have a joint injection, it's going to be uncomfortable, but ice pack, and what we use mostly is two-thirds water and one-third alcohol in a Ziploc bag, a freezer, quart, Ziploc bag, freezer bag, and it's real moldable, um, and that, just that and the Tylenol is all I tell them to do, but five to ten minutes walks two to three times a day, basically just go out and go to the bathroom on a short leash, no flexi lead. And then I recheck them at a week, and I recheck them at two weeks and take staples out of the laparotomy. Um, and then I like to recheck them at four weeks. And then after four weeks, they can start increasing their exercise. Um, you know, it, just watch the dog. And there again, with my own self, if I did too much one day, stood up too long in surgery or something like that, I'd pay for it the next day, so to speak. So I tell owners, if you do too much, you may go a, a day or two ahead and then go back a day. But over a period of time, as the stem cells start kicking in at a month, when they start growing, uh, just remember they're very little baby tender cells, so don't overdo them. And gradually increase their exercise over the next two to three months. And they'll let you know what they can do or don't do. Uh, the dog will, um, but and how long typically just, until you start seeing a seeing a change in the animal? Within within a week or less, wouldn't you say, Kelly? Most most pet owners within a week or less. But when they come back at one week, almost all of them, and I can't give you exact percentage, but almost all of them will say they're better than they were before surgery. Uh, and at two weeks, it's I'll use the word stunning because it is on, on how well they're doing. And I've, I've heard a lot of these calls where a lot of people are doing stem cells and surgery. And there again, from an economic standpoint, I, I don't live in California. I live in North Carolina. And, you know, if you start talking about six or $7,000 to treat a knee injury, uh, I don't have a lot of people that have that kind of money. Um, so even though insurance, you know, pay on some of them, not all my clients have insurance. But just slow and easy to answer your questions. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you.
going back to, you know, I know you've done probably hundreds of stem cell cases in your time with us. Could you think back to your favorite case that you've done? It doesn't have to be a cruciate case, but just one that was really impactful uh, where you really saw a big improvement in an animal, something that was maybe surprising, just yeah. whatever your favorite case has been since partnering with Medivet. Well, the, the favorite one is that Maggie dog. Just Maggie again. <laughs> they're, they are, that's their baby. They camp a lot. And her, I mean, her, her hips are just, and it just severe, severe hip dysplasia, bilateral medial patellar, and then she blew a cruciate. And that one leg had been operated on twice before I got it. I operated on it two more times. And she goes on mile-long, mile fast walk every night with the owner. Right after I boosted her, they lost their home to Florence and were out of that for a year and lived in a camper. And this this is their, their baby, and it's pretty much – got her through a lot of stuff but the dog used to when they go on camping trips the dog would didn't it wasn't mean but it didn't want anybody to come up to her and now she she told me this was after the first summer said now we go and she just wants to see everybody kids can come up to her and pet her and everything else so the, the pain level I, I i don't think i fully appreciate what a, a lot of dogs do the other one was a Rottweiler that had been going somewhere else and I think treated appropriately, um, possibly, but it had just major, uh, probably some of the worst hips I've ever seen. <clears throat> and they had, hadn't heard about stem cell, but they'd heard about us, I guess, and wanted another opinion before they had to put her down. They literally were going to put her to sleep. So I gave it a huge dose of dexamethasone because uh, it was um, severe paresis, could not stand up. How much has been away? 110 or so. And a nice Rottweiler, or most of them try to bite me. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, that was on Tuesday. I told her to come back Friday morning. They actually called up Friday morning and said, she just can't get up. We're going to have to bring her in this afternoon to put her down. And they came in that afternoon and said, right after we called, made that call, she got up and walked across the room. And I said, well, she must have heard what you said about putting her to sleep. And so I gave her another injection dexamethasone. I started talking about stem cell and they said, well, let's try that. Fast forwarding, I treated her. I gave her a booster about four months later and she still, I mean, she's not a puppy anymore by any means, but she can get up. She can jump into the car um, with a little assistance and they're not looking at putting this dog to sleep. And that is, probably the most amazing case that I've ever seen. Um, but I've, like I said, I've had a lot of dogs, bilateral hip dysplasia. Um, a lot of them, for some reason, we've got a lot of marine bases and I, I've got a special place in my heart for people who have served in the Middle East and been injured. And one in particular, um, the guy's got real bad PTSD and these there are two dogs are kind of like therapy dogs for him and they had to raise their house after Florence and this one with bilateral ACL weighed I think he's weighed around 80 pounds so they were the wife was having to try to get the dog up and down the steps and now he can go up down the steps like nothing is ever wrong with it and it's just I don't think we could have gotten that with surgery on both those legs and like I say a lot of the, one of the biggest things that impacted me on pursuing stem cells as opposed to TPLO and I don't want to offend anybody is the Colorado State study a 40-fold increase that's a pretty high number um, and to be in a peer review article um, and coming out of Colorado State which has a good orthopedic department I think that's pretty significant so I think what TPLOs and TTAs and extra capsule repairs have been the traditional medicine for years, and I think we'll see stem cell PRP therapy in another 10 or 20 years as more of us get involved become the traditional route to fix a lot of joint problems. Would you say that stem cell therapy has become your standard of care for all joint problems? Yes, sir. 
hundred percent. That's my first choice. That's my first choice. That's and if it's like anything else, if it doesn't work, then we'll try something else. But so far, all of ours have worked. But I always leave myself an opening. I always tell, I can't guarantee this. The only thing I can guarantee is this is what I would do if it was mine. And I, I, the reason I came up with that, years over the years, I've had too many people ask me, Doc, what would you do if it was yours? So I just start out with that. I tell people, I'm always going to tell you what I would do if it's mine, and I'm going to tell you what's best. And that's what that's what most of our clients want because that's their baby. Yeah, and that's the best way to to, to build a rapport with the with your pet owners. I'm gonna I'm gonna open the floor up for question time. So if anybody has any questions, please feel free to type into the chat. We'd love to hear from you. We got Dr. Larry Bird on the call with us this evening. We're talking about cruciate tears among other things. But if you have any other questions, no, he, he's Larry, the basketball. No, no, no. Uh, hey, Larry Bird's a basketball player. Or excuse me, Dr. David Bird. <laughs> <laughs> he he got he got enough money. If I if I had his money, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Got a got a little ahead of myself. My fault. <laughs> Does anybody have any questions for Doctor David Bird? <laughs> hey, David. This is Larry Snyder. I I just had to hop Hi. on a hill. I wanted to listen. It's been a long time since I've talked to you. It sounds like you've really been doing a a fantastic job. I uh, I'm I'm really encouraged to listen to to everything that you're doing and how you're going about it. It's uh, one of those to where if you don't offer people stem cells, they won't use it. And you're offering it and you're telling them exactly that if it was your dog, that's what you do. Most of your clients trust trust you and will go ahead and, and follow what you advise them to do. I congratulate you. I think it's quite a good thing. Your, your point about having stem cells done, believe me, I, uh, I lobbied quite hard to have stem cells done just a couple, three days ago. And it just didn't didn't quite work out uh, for me, but um, I'm really encouraged to, to hear everything that you're doing. Good job. Well, thanks, sir. Dr. Bird, got a question into the chat for you. What would you say to a younger veterinarian just coming out of school, just in general? It can be about stem cell therapy, can, can be about really anything about veterinary medicine. As as far as how to present it, how to sure how to how to go about implementing stem cell therapy in your practice, yeah. if it's something that you're interested in. Well, I, actually, I've got a young lady that's a second year student at North Carolina State, and they actually are doing stem cell, I think, at North Carolina State. So hopefully, some of the and I know at Kentucky, obviously, they're doing a lot and I think there's more veterinary schools bring that in as a treatment option and regenerative medicine as well hopefully a lot of younger people will um, be younger veterinarians will start doing that but I think we're I won't say it's propaganda but we tend to respect our teachers and if if a professor or instructor says this is the way to do it and you really like them You've got to overcome that which you already sort of believe in. And the, the only thing I can tell you on that, Dylan, is you just have to commit to doing it. And it's it's only as good as the doctor that does it. And I say that very humbly. Um, uh, Dr. Snyder has broken more ground than all of us combined, probably on stem cell treatment, but each case that you do will increase your belief level. I know there's a doctor here and a medical doctor in our town that does stem cell, but I don't know if he's doing it, collecting it from the people or exactly what's going on, but I've never heard of any of his cases that have done well, whereas my doctor, I've heard success story, success story, success story. Um, because he knows exactly where he's putting. He listens to the patient. He knows where to put. Of course, he's got a fluoroscope. He's got a bunch of fluoroscopes for exact placement. But he's kind of seeing where, what he wants to treat and what outcome he wants to achieve. And I think that's why my shoulder did so well, because uh, he injected in the tendon area as well as the joint. But 
for somebody younger getting out of school, it's just like anything else. It's kind of scary the first time you do it. I know the first ACL surgery I ever did by myself out of school, I had the Piramati orthopedic book, and it's got blood all over it because I would turn the page with a pair of forceps and then turn back the page to try to figure out where something was. And then after you do something, uh, you know, a few more times, your belief level and your confidence level goes up, and then it just becomes sort of routine. But it, it for the the hands-on, the, the the length of time the dog is under anesthesia is much much less. Like I said, uh, I can do a knee surgically in 45 minutes to an hour, but I can do a laparotomy skin to skin in 12 to 15 minutes, and the dog's awake, and then, you know, there's a lot less discomfort. The owner's happy. It just, it's just a win-win-win situation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. Want to answer the question? Yeah, yeah, that answered the question. Okay. So I've got another question here for you, Dr. Bird. Uh, what volume of stem cells are you using in the knees? And this person is also wondering if, if they missed hearing uh, if you repeat the injection a month later or just some t or just some time later down the line. Okay, um, we use the volume that is in the back of the Medivet manual, and I tell Kelly what, um, and it's it's done according to weight. And if I I don't know if I've got that. I don't, have you got the volumes in here, Kelly? Okay. Um, but I'm going to say on a, a knee on a... A large dog is 0.3 to 0.4, and then a small dog is 0.2. Uh, a large dog is 0.3 to 0.4 cc's. I tend to go a little bit higher. Um, hips, I think, are 0.4 to 0.5, and I'm talking 7,500-pound dog. Um, we do use the Genesis Flush, I'll recommend. Um, 24 milligrams divided by however many joints you're doing and so it's what it's the recommended dose has worked out well for us it's in the back of the or in the instruction recommendations that y'all supplied it medivet has been awesome on telling us how to do everything piece by piece and it's three quarters of 50 for whole complete um IV. and then we also do the iv um Stem PRP and I, I and listening to a lot of these webinars, which have been invaluable. Um, we have yet to have a dramatic like IBD or atopy clear up, but I've had several people tell me, you know, they feel a lot better overall than they have, and I think the stem cells go to where they need to go when you give it IV. And right, the stem cells have those have those properties, like yeah. we talk about. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but as far as boosting, um. I have not been overly impressed, um, maybe because I hadn't done that much of it, with just the PRP. Um, I, there again, going back to myself, my own doctor said, well, we can booster you with PRP. And I said, no, I want to do the whole thing over again. And most of the dogs that we have boosted, <clears throat> let's say they go from a, on a scale of zero to 10, they start out at zero and the initial treatment gets them to maybe a five, the booster takes them up to a 10. Um, but I leave it up to the owner. If you see them, they kind of peek out and they're not really quite where you want them. And this is more with just plastic dogs and with knees, um, unless it's had one dog that was 13, a Labrador, and I'd operate on both his knees like 10 years before. And of course he had severe arthritis and everything else. And we did him. I said, I probably won't booster him again in five or six months because we banked it. And he's going to die before the stuff ever runs out because he's already older than he's supposed to be. So a couple of those, I just go ahead and tell him we're going to booster him at five or six months. But I do it when the dog starts having a problem again or they're not quite where I want them to be. Like Maggie Carly's that first dog. She was doing real well, but just not quite as well as she should or as we wanted her to, I said, let's boost her. And the difference in her after boostering was phenomenal. But I would say it's ballpark figure, and Dr. Snyder may be able to add more to it. I, in my experience, five to six months is what I would shoot for probably. 
Okay, great. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Could you talk a little bit more about your practice, Dr. Bird? Do you have any associates? What what, what size practice are you working in? Uh, just to give our uh, other partners some background on kind of what your practice is like. It's probably, uh, well, I've had one part-time, I mean, one full-time that she wanted to go part-time, spend time with her kids, and then I have another one's part-time. So, um, I, I guess full two full-time equivalents. Uh, like I said, I travel for a pharmaceutical company, so a lot of times I'm gone anywhere from 10 to 30 weeks a year. But it's a, it's just a, you know, average, uh, try to do the best job we can do, medical surgical facility and ultrasound and um, all lab equipment and everything else that the rest of us have. Um, but it's nothing, nothing spectacular, but I've been doing it 45 years and it, it's just like I said, steam cell is just is amazing. And like I said, demographically, I don't live in a metropolitan area. Um, with social media now and with the support of Medivet, I don't work for Medivet, but with their support, a lot of people from surrounding communities have found out about us. And I mean, it's nothing, well, I'd say probably a dozen or more patients from 50 miles or more away um, have come to us. We had somebody from New Jersey want to come to us, but I'm not sure whatever happened now when he did not. Um, hopefully found somebody closer that was doing just stem cell for AC, ACL disease. Um, but we've had several people from states farther away that um, had found out about us through mostly social media. And social media is such a great tool, and that's one of the things that I'd kind of like to touch on on Medivet Biologics end is that we will help you guys uh, – you know, market on social media through Facebook. We're open and willing to help you guys in any way that we can on the marketing side of things. Uh, we love to do that for our practices and helping refer patients to you to get the treatments that they need is obviously equally as beneficial to us. Um, yeah, Dylan, let me go back to one thing. This yeah, of course. Question about the younger, newer graduate, and this, that, and the other. I have sent Josh mostly several videos of our patients and if they if you want to share those with the person that asked that question um if you know you can you can i don't i, I own them but i don't care if somebody else will use them if it'll help them and or help the pets and they can show clients this is a dog that had acl disease that had stem cell therapy and this is at a week this is at two weeks this is it four weeks this is it X number of months, um, that helps a lot of times on your belief level when you can see, as I've said before, after a while, if you got six or eight or 10 cases out there, you can't really argue with it much anymore. Sure. Maybe, maybe you got lucky on one or two, but when you get, you know, a dozen or more that have all done well, it's, it's, the proof is there, but if you're welcome to share those with somebody if, if they would like to use them until they get their own cases. Sure. Yeah. And, and seeing is believing. And uh, for all, for those of you out there that have a Facebook page, uh, make sure that with each of these procedures that you're doing, you're taking a before and after video, like Dr. Bird said, post that on your Facebook page, pass it along to us. We'll share it with people as well. We love to see those success stories. And like Dr. Bird just said, it helps you open up the pet owner to having the conversation a little bit more, showing them that it's something that uh, it is indeed beneficial. Got another question into the chat here, Dr. Bird. Um, have you had any patients that you treated that had pet insurance? And is pet insurance something that you would recommend other veterinarians uh, push their pet owners to get into more? I'm going to tell you that I don't have a lot of experience experience with that we use mostly care credit um i have not my son is my practice manager and i don't know if he just doesn't want to deal with pet insurance i know there have been a lot of these webinars where people have had great success using pet in, insurance so i might defer that question to dr snyder but and i'll throw just one thing out about care credit if you are active military um, they charge zero percent. 
it's 0% interest. <clears throat> and I think you only have to pay 1% of the outstanding balance. But there is a form that you can get with care credit, and I can't remember the, do you remember the numbers on it? You are so anyway. It's a $200 minimum. Um, it's $200 minimum. Most of our clients and already have care credit anyway. They just put it on that. And but as far as personal experience with pet insurance, we don't have much experience with that one. Sure. And I touch on it. And I, don't like and I know we. I know we touch on this just just about every time. And the reason that I want to bring it up so much is that for those of you that are coming up against those price point objections, those type of obstacles. One of the things that you can do, one of the tools you have at your disposal is to talk to that pet owner about pet insurance. Most pet insurance companies out right now are covering those stem cell therapy treatments. Uh, so it's definitely something to talk to your pet owners about, especially if you're coming up against those frequent price point objections. It's just always something I like to throw in there. I agree, Dylan. And one thing I've learned through my other career, um, it, people have money for what they want to have money for. <laughs> Not everybody, but um, I always use a little analogy. Look at any, go to any convenience store, five, six, seven, eight o'clock at night, look at all the beer, cigarettes, and lottery tickets. They'll walk out. Um, so it's a, it, it's. I know everybody doesn't have all the money in the world, myself included. But most people, if they trust you, and you tell them this is what's best and this is what you would do. Uh, and if you price it fairly, um, they will find a way to work it out and proceed with what you think is best. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we kind of touched on the millennial generation a little bit uh, briefly earlier in this uh, in this podcast. Yeah. But just to bring it up again, and I know Dr. Snyder talks about this every so often, is that the millennials nowadays see such a value in being proactive and just paying a monthly yeah. fee for that pet insurance as opposed to taking yeah. on a, or incurring that entire cost at once. So for those of you that have, you know, a bunch of millennial pet owners, always bring it up because it really does help. I agree. So does anybody else have any questions? We'd love to hear from you. Definitely type into the group chat. Uh, I've taken everybody off of mute on your microphone, so you should be able to speak in if you want to. We'd love to hear from you. Got Dr. David Bird on the phone with us, not Larry Bird. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's the Larry Bird of Larry Bird of stem cells. He's the Larry Bird of stem cell therapy. That's what uh, that's what I was going for, by the way. Dr. No, Bird, you did a great, you did a fantastic job. I'm really impressed with everything that you're uh, everything you're accomplishing there. That's that's exactly what this medicine is all about. It's about getting it out there, and I think with with what we're seeing with Dr. Rovner, with the other people that are using stem cells for these cruciates, is uh, I think you're you're going to see a new standard of care. I think stem cells are going to be the new standard of care rather than the the surgeries. Well, I agree, and actually, I listened to a past webinar that Medivet, of course, archives everything, and I actually met Dr. Rosner several years ago doing a dermatology thing for him. And he said, I, I can't remember figures up. I want to say between 2013 and 17, he had done 34 ACLs and only one of them had to be operated on. And that's sort of what made me or allowed me to say, well, you know, this will probably work. So I did it based on his um, experiences and then I found out it did work and I think the more of us that can help each other with success uh, rates and I know nothing's 100% will help all of us with our belief level on doing just stem cell and PRP and the um, other thing is I had a client that I, I kept trying I've known her for 40 plus years <clears throat> if she had real bad arthritis and I kept telling her to go to my stem cell doctor and on and on and on and she came in i don't know several weeks ago and she said well i got my knee fixed and i said well that's great and she said i did it the traditional way and it struck me at that point in time and i alluded to it earlier that you know 15 or, or not probably 20 or 25 years ago knee replacements were not traditional medicine or joint replacements 
but now it's called the traditional way. And so that's why I think in the future we'll see stem cell and regenerative medicine become the traditional way, or at least in the mix with all the other ones, rather than something new. And I'm not sure about that. Absolutely agree That's with you, David. Absolutely agree with you. And I can only tell you that, and everybody who is a um, established customer with Medivet uh, in a relationship, Medivet has done 100% of what they said they would do. The service is incredible. Um, they're there to answer any questions, and I can't speak enough about how impactful that has been for us. So I think first all class, first class team, David, first class team. Well, we really appreciate that, and it's definitely something we uh, we, we pride ourselves on. All right, so looks like we're going to go ahead and close it out for the evening. Thank you very much. Hey, Dylan, if I could just say something real quickly. Oh, yes, sir, of course. Hey, everybody, it's uh, TJ Masterson, Medivet Biologics. Uh, I, I wanted to say to Dr. Bird, we sincerely appreciate you sharing your experiences, you know, with the patients and with the company. And, uh, you know, what I want to say is that now being, you know, eight years into this thing, we've we've had customers that you know, have become family and tonight i want to ask everybody i know dr snyder's on this evening but i want to end with this just uh, ask for everybody's prayers that he's had a surgery and he's you know at home recovering from that surgery and i just want to take just a moment to ask everybody for prayers for his recovery and uh, i sincerely appreciate everybody's partnership and friendship and and if you would, keep him in mind this evening uh, before you go to bed. So thanks, everybody. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you again next week, next month. Thanks, guys. Thanks, TJ. Thank you, everybody. Everybody have a good, uh, a good rest of your evening. Uh, definitely, if you have any questions following this podcast, if you know, you're looking for any references, if you want to get in touch with Dr. Bird, uh, shoot us an email, info at medivetbiologics.com. Or give us a call at 859-885-7111. Dr. Bird, again, thank you very much, sir. And Dylan, if you need to give out my cell phone number, feel free to do so. And they can text me with their number and question, and I'll be glad to call them back. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Everybody have a good night. Thank you all.